Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Paul Ciardo about AI, deep machine learning, and digital transformation for the future of work. Paul Ciardo, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. John, thanks for having me. It is a pleasure to be with you. I am super excited to be meeting and chatting uh, about AI, deep machine learning, and digital transformation for the future of work. Uh, we were just chatting in the pre-interview, getting to know each other a little bit, and you're telling me a little bit about your unique background. And honestly, I think we all tend to have a bit of a zigzag background. It's kind of the rare person that doesn't. My wife is actually one of those rare people. She knew what she wanted to do in high school. And, and that's what she did, like <laughs> very straight linear path. But most people aren't that way, I think, and, and they kind of go all over. Um, and so I, I'm really interested in hearing more about how you've navigated that in your own career. Um, as we get started, I do, I do want to share Paul's bio with everyone, and then we'll give Paul a chance to share a little bit more about himself. Paul Ciardo is Chief Strategy Officer at Boss AI, owner of PSG, and managing partner at A2E. He is an Oxford University and Wharton Business School educated expert in business operations and technologies, and has spent the last 20 years maximizing the bottom line of more than 1,000 global companies. He's an expert in corporate finance optimization, ERP architecture and program and project management. In addition, he has personally supported the development of over 40 entrepreneurial assets with accumulative revenues exceeding $4 billion. Paul is highly sought after for his speaking abilities and insight regarding digital transformation with more than 200 events under his belt. Clearly a tremendous uh, career, lots of great expertise that you bring to the table for the conversation today. It's a pleasure to be with you. Anything else you would like to share by way of your background or story with me and my listeners before we dive on into the topic for today? I think my 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 team when they put that bio together, it's, it sounds better and better every time I hear it. I'm like I'm like wow, that's, <laughs> I gotta meet this guy. So, uh, but yeah, I mean uh, that's me. Uh, I've done a lot of stuff, and uh, you know I got my hands in just about everything these days. So. Very, very cool. Well, why don't we start, you were alluding to in the pre-interview just about your kind of um, unique path. Tell us a little bit more about that. I'm always interested in that. I've had a unique path myself. Um, I think a lot of listeners have as well. So I'd love yeah. to hear more about kind of w what got you to where you're at. So I will say that my, uh, my, call it my career path or my life path, 
actually started in the military. So, uh, so everybody sits back and they go, "Wait a second, what are you doing? In, what are you? What are you doing in this domain?" You know, I was uh, I went into the military as a nuclear engineer, um, trying to focus on reactors, on carriers and subs. And then I finally met someone who works on nuclear reactors and subs. Uh, and I was like, wait a second, I, I got I to gotta share a bunk with this guy? Um, that is not me. I, I don't want to be on a sub for six months, you know, underwater. And uh, this, is, this is what it's going to be. So I switched into advanced electronics and uh, had the opportunity to work on things like the precision approach radar, um, ASOS, like uh, automated service observation systems, uh, all of these different flight data input systems, uh, SATCOM. So I did that for you know four years, got into a little bit of uh, ter terrorist tracking when I was in Italy. And then uh, they tried to keep me in the military. And I was like, you know, it, it just doesn't pay. <laughs> you know, I'm like giving up my life, you know, um, and it's just chaotic because it was right after September 11th. So I got out of the military. And uh, honestly, I tried to find a job. I could, I, no one was hiring ex-military guys. It was really weird. I had, I had an MBA. I did all this military work and electronics. I couldn't find a job that, that was actually paying anything. So I got into mortgages and then I finally got a job working with uh, the PEO of the army doing project, uh, project management, project controls work. And then um, Three, four months into that, I started my first company and then, you know, sold it, started another company, sold it. And then that's kind of where I'm at today. So I, uh, I am the founder of PS Group Holdings, which is a venture investments, private uh, equity firm funded by, you know, myself. And uh, we have, I think right now we have 48 assets. So 48, 49 assets that range from, you know, restaurants to combative systems to, construction management, you know, pharmaceutical management to uh, AI ML. So, um, and in my spare time, I'm also the CSO of, or the chief uh, strategy officer for Boss AI. Boss AI is the first commercialized federated, you know, AI platform within the marketplace. And, uh, you know, I'm supporting the team over there to develop a, uh, you know, pretty much a public release uh, model. So, uh, so it's been really a really interesting ride for the past. Uh, what year is it? You know, twenty twenty two. I have <laughs> to like remind myself of that too. <laughs> the last two years are a bit of a blur, so I have to. It's remind just a blur. It's, everything's yeah. going so fast, and you know, even though we had, we're in a pandemic, so much has changed. It is like just insane what's happening in the marketplace these days. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's super interesting. And it, it kind of blows my mind. I, I was actually talking to another um, individual a couple of weeks ago who is a, uh, I don't think he was a nuclear, nuclear engineer, but he worked on nuclear submarines as a engineer. And this is like the first time I've met two different people with a really <laughs> small window that did that kind of work. That's, that's uh, fascinating in and of itself. It's just a small yeah. world, I guess. Um, well, very interesting. Um, clearly, you have, you know, just a great academic pedigree, um, well-trained, you go into the military, you come out, you start your own businesses, you, you're doing all these different cool things. Um, and, and I didn't share, but we also talked in the pre-interview a little bit about how you're involved in teaching uh, at Wharton and uh, doing cool things in that space as well. So you're, you just have your fingers in a lot of pies yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, doing lots of cool stuff. 
Well, as we dive on into the topic for today, again, your, your expertise in AI, deep machine learning, and digital transformation is something that I think will be super relevant to everyone listening. Uh, because we know, you know, over the last two years of the pandemic, so many companies had to, on a dime, just switch over to virtual work. Most weren't prepared, technologically prepared for that or culturally prepared for that. They just had to figure it out and do the best they could. I think most organizations that survived the pandemic um, have figured out how to do it at least passively well, but many of those are now trying to get their people back into the office, um, which frankly, in my opinion, is kind of a, a silly losing battle to try to like go backwards, but, but that's what some are trying to do. Uh, the reality is the pandemic accelerated us into the future of work the adoption of, of disruptive technologies and AI and deep machine learning are just you know, a couple of those technologies. Um, more broadly speaking, digital transformation, I think is here to stay. It's been a hot topic for years, but even now more than ever, I think organizations have to grapple with how to do this effectively if they hope to stay relevant in the market. So these are the types of things we're gonna explore together. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about the role of specifically AI and deep machine learning in the modern and future workforce. And then we can talk more generally about digital transformation. Yeah, of course. So, so based on what I, the, the research I did about you, it uh, seems like uh, you're, you're in the domain of human, human capital management. So everything about human capital. So, so let's dive into this a little bit. So I'm also quite fascinated with this domain because um, the next 10 years is gonna be really interesting. It's not gonna be about, I don't think it's, I think it's gonna be less interesting about you know, what new jobs are occurring. Uh, but more about human capital displacement due to technology. And that's actually why I'm diving much deeper into the, into the domains of AI, machine learning, because um, I myself, I want to understand what's coming. You know, what are these organizations building? I mean, where, where is it going? And, and what automations and, you know, digital transformation, you know, processor, processes are being implemented to actually do what? they're actually being implemented to displace human capital because human capital is probably the highest cost, you know, uh, variable within organizations. And if we can reduce, you know, human capital or create efficiencies and productivity rates and so on, you know, what happens to our bottom lines? They get inflated, they get better. So I think over the next 10 years, that's the subject every organization should be focusing on, not just a, you know, a digital transformation, but a, a strategy to essentially preserve human capital. Where is it going to go? Where are all these people going to go? You know, um, you know, you have organizations like, let's, let's pick on the law domain because, because uh, I didn't mention this and I don't think, you know, but I'm actually about to finish law school because I feel that that is a domain that has been completely untouched. It's very traditional um, and I, someone needs to, you know, change this thing. Someone needs to disrupt uh, the domain with AI. So, and, uh, I believe that there's, uh, there's some opportunity within that space. So, um, so yeah, I think that's going to be the big topic, you know, what the hell's happening, what's coming, you know, how can you prepare for human capital displacement? I mean, how can you prepare your organization for, uh, the, the tremendous level of disruption that's about to hit? Because, you know, sorry, people, but we're slow, you know, we're, we're inefficient, we're, you know, we can't produce at the levels that machines can, you know, if you actually do the comparative analysis of where we're going.
check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Yeah, that displacement, I think it's clear as day. Uh, there's been displacement happening at every stage and wave of the yeah. Industrial Revolution. So that's nothing new. Um, just the different types of technologies being utilized to displace workers is new, right? And and so we've seen you know, robotics and various software packages and have been displacing workers or at least certain tasks for for forever right that's that's nothing new with just the the, the rate and the pace of um of that dis, displacement and disruption is accelerating and that's what we're going to have to grapple with and so what do we do with these people um who uh you know we just don't need to perform those tasks anymore um that that's a big question and and there's going to be entirely new jobs and and industries and types of careers that we haven't even conceived of yet um, that are going to play a huge role and how do you prepare for a future that's unknown that's a big part of the question uh, organizations you know on the human capital front displacement's a huge piece of it they're also just wondering how in the world do we reskill and upskill our workforce in a really tight labor market where we already don't have enough people in STEM, we don't have enough people in technology sectors, how do we get more and more people to do more complex technological work um, when we're already scrapping, you know, to try to get good people as it is? And the, the reality is, we're, be able to. we're not so, going to be, yeah, exactly, we can't. It's just, yeah. it's it's an impossible yeah. <laughs> scenario. So we have to, displacement is occurring at such a, such a high rate right now, and like, organizations like, you know, if you look at the, look at the, um, you know, the, the Apples, the Facebooks, the Amazons, what they're doing is they're hiring resources to actually train these machines. So they're actually hiring you to displace yourself. And I think over the next three to five years, you're going to have this, you know, this is the, the, the learning phase of displacement. And when you start seeing, you know, the Elon Musks of the world, because he's not the only one that's an Elon Musk. I mean, there's a lot of Elon Musks in the world that are going down the path of displacement. I mean, 
just think of the, you know, autonomous transportation, you know, industry, you know, autonomous cars, autonomous taxis, Ubers, you know, your Tesla picking people up and driving them around because you want to sit home and eat ice cream. You know, just think of the game that we're now starting. I mean, and if you go down the path of the uh, the trucking industry, which is a backbone to not just the United States, but, you know, a hundred different countries, if you can create autonomous, you know, transportation and trucking and, you know, uh, you know, just complete human capital displacement within the, the, that transportation domain, what happens? How many, how many workers is that? I think just the, just in the United States alone, it's something like 12 million workers, you know? So it's like, just think of the numbers that are coming. And if we can start displacing complex, you know, functions like driving a truck, even though we think it's simple, it actually is pretty complex. So, I mean, what the hell are all these people going to do, you know? And the workforce is getting older and older. So you, you start thinking people that are 40 and above, you know, yeah, let's tr retrain the workforce. You know, there's two key, th key factors that have to be, uh, be in play. They have to be willing and able. You know, there may be a lot of people willing to be retrained, but are they able? And I can tell you, man, you know, there's no one at 40 that's going to go to coding school to learn how to develop AI, you know, Python and R. It's just, it's just not happening. So they're being displaced by the younger generation. <laughs> Right, right. So all of that, you know, it, it, these are you've highlighted several things that people yeah. managers, organizational leaders and executives are struggling with and having to wrestle with. It also has broader societal impacts and implications, right? Um, if we have all these people who, who can't work. Um, it, it's also interesting, as you were sharing that, though, I also had the thought, you know, there's, there's been quite a bit of research in recent years out of Harvard, MIT, probably out of Wharton, uh, about the work day and the work week and the, the amount of time, you know, people, um, especially in the knowledge economy, um, how much productivity can you actually get out of the average worker in a given day? And it's actually a pretty small amount, like two to three hours a day. Yeah, for, like 2.9 hours. Yeah, for, for creative, strategic, yeah. innovative type of work. And that's the kind of work that we need. And so, you know, as we rethink the nature of work, uh, and what the future of work will look like, does it mean that we're just working less? You know, the, the, the day and age of 40, 50, 60 plus hour work weeks, are those going to fade? Are we going to have people um, having more time to do creative things outside of their careers and their work uh, and with sh shorter amounts of focus time on um, specific things that they want to do? Or will people simply be like you and have like five different things spinning at the same time, um, doing a lot of different things? I think there will be some of that as well. Uh, so it's going to be super interesting to see how all this plays out. And I, I certainly don't know um, what to expect, but I, I, do, I do think it's pretty obvious that things will not stay the same. Things will not continue the way they've been. And these, the artifact of like the eight to five I mean, who actually works an eight to five job nowadays, but you know, that artifact of, of kind of the traditional eight to five work day or the 40 hour plus work week, uh, we, we're going to have to re-envision, I think a lot of those see, things. See, John, you bring up a really good point, right? So, uh, so, if, you know, based on studies, productivity of human capital is, is right around three hours. So people typically waste 66 to 70% of their day on, you know, BS. So if they're being productive only three hours in a given day, 
Um, and you're saying that, you know, maybe we're going to adjust what we're doing and we can allow human capital to be more creative and so on and so on. Now, the biggest challenge is, you know, now you're starting to see this, this, uh, this trend, this, this push within society that is, you know, I don't want to go to college. I don't think university is going to be effective. And, you know, you're starting to see the younger generation essentially avoid you know, going down the path of high-end, you know, professional degrees and so on. And I think it's actually a, a major detriment to society because, you know, creativity is a human, you know, it's, it's, it's one of our characteristics. We have the ability to be creative, you know, we're not like a dog, you know, but it's like, what are you going to be creative in? Are we going to draw pictures or are we going to create, you know, autonomous cars and, you know, write code and create, you know, highly complex, you know, uh, technologies? You can't do that without professional education to understand where it's going. You know, you need to put in the work, the effort to really understand the depths of where this technology is going. And, and what's funny is like we build AI solutions and people go, well, I'm a data scientist. Nobody even knows what a data scientist is until you get into the domain. You know, everyone thinks they're a data scientist and they're, 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 they're loosely leveraging a title and everyone's using this loose title. And people that aren't even educated or, or professionally educated are going down this path. And what's happening is organizational competence is declining because you don't, you don't even have the real creatives. You don't even have the real mathematicians. You know, nobody's actually putting any effort to, you know, explode the domain of STEM. You know, so that's another thing I'm seeing is, you know, human capital is being displaced. The entire work schedule is being, you know, changed to fit you know, more humanistic, you know, functions. Okay, let's be creative. But now you have this whole societal push where, you know, we should, uh, we should live and have a lifestyle. We should be able to be free and do what we want. We don't need college, you know. What are we doing? <laughs> you know, we're actually like, to me, it feels like we're like suppressing knowledge within the, uh, within society, which is, I, I don't know, man. I don't know where these organizations are going to go, but beyond, but, hiring people like me to put in autonomous systems so yeah well you, you bring up some tremendous points lots to consider and to grapple with for sure yeah. paul it has just been a real pleasure i know at the time we're going to wrap up here in just a minute but before we do i wanted to give you a chance to share with me my listeners how they can get connected with you find out more about your work your teams anything else like that that you'd like to share and then give us the final word on the topic for today uh, anyone who wants to reach out to me, you can always reach me at, uh, my site, uh, paulciardo.com. That's P-A-U-L-S-Z-Y-A-R-T-O.com or askboss.ai. Uh, myself and my team, we're over there trying to change the world with, uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, and I would say the, the, the last, uh, the statement to kind of sum up where we're at, um, you can't be content with where you're at. You have to look to the future of where technology is going, where society is going, and don't fall in line with those who are going to sit around and wait until something happens. Um, you know, go out there and build your own uh, your own path because it's going to get really interesting over the next ten years. For sure, and if we're waiting around to see what how things change, uh, and then we're just solely reactive to it guess what? We're going to be caught flat-footed 
yeah we're, we're the chances of us surviving are, are pretty slim so let's be proactive let's be strategic let's let's work on these these you know really hard challenges now um it's just like when the pandemic hit some organizations were pretty darn well prepared for it and were able to flip on a dime without too much you know struggle others i mean it totally rocked their world and some of course didn't even survive and and of course Anytime there's disruptive innovations and displacement and all the things we've been talking about, you can't prepare for everything. You can't predict everything. No one's suggesting that, but we have to do our best to try to understand what's happening, where things are going, what the trends are, do our best to look around the corner a little bit and, uh, and, and be proactive about it. And if we can do that, I think we'll be in a better place. Um, and, and in relation to that, I think that fundamentally requires just a growth mindset and kind of a, a lifelong learning approach and culture within organizations. So that you're, you're constantly agile and adaptive and, and open to change and adjustment and not so stagnant and like just digging in your heels, trying to keep things the way they've always been. That's the recipe for failure, certainly in uh, the modern workplace, but also in the future of work. Well, Paul, it's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, to get connected, find out more about what Paul and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer than indigo leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? 
What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.